This is the Warmester Town Supporter Podcast, and I'm your host, Roland Millward. I hope that you enjoyed your Easter weekend. It certainly was magnificent weather here in the UK. And uh, I know we do have listeners all over the world, so I hope you two had a good weekend. In this episode, we'll be doing what we normally do, and that's just taking a look at the football matches that's just gone. In this case, two matches. That was on Friday and Monday. We'll also look at the league table and indeed the match to come. But before that, I'm also going to be able to interview uh, somebody you'll find interesting to listen to. And I'll tell you more about him after we've heard from Jamie House. So we should have Jamie House with us on the line. Hello, Jamie. How are you doing? Uh, Not too bad. Thank you. Yes, very well. Thank you very much. Fully recovered from my cold now, I think. So uh, we should sound a bit clearer without any coughs and splutters. <laughs> so shall we talk about the wonderful, wonderful weather at the weekend and a bit about the football? Yeah. <laughs> or the other way around, perhaps. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, having nice weather over a Easter bank holiday is, well, practically unheard of, especially when it comes to watching football. And especially so, that uh, hot weather as well. Well, exactly. Yeah, it was absolutely scorching on uh, on Friday. Um, I was surprised, actually, that uh, the, the, the Monday that was supposed to be hotter actually wasn't quite as bad. But mm. there we go. Um, but yeah, on to the football. I mean, you know, the, the <clears throat> uh, three final games coming up. Um, we've obviously just played the penultimate one. On Easter Monday, we went to Wales on Friday. Um, the Wales City game was, well, not the most exciting game in the world, shall we say. I think both teams sort of struggled to really make anything out of the game. I mean, the the, the goalkeepers had to pull off a couple of good saves um, in the first half and again in the second half. Um, but, you know, I mean, we obviously had the chance. We were given the gift of a penalty um, early in the second half. And uh, sadly, Conor McKay stepped up and... Uh, the keeper dived the right way, managed to get get his body behind it, um, and saved two follow up attempts as well. <clears throat> I know triple save that wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but apart from that, the you know the game that game didn't didn't really offer much, sadly. Um, and I think I think probably a nil nil draw was probably fair at the end of the day. Yeah, it, it sort of had nil nil written over it in the end, didn't mm. it? I think particularly after that penalty, yes. didn't go home. So, uh, you know. We chalked that one off. It was a nil-nil. And to be fair to Wells, I think they played better than they've played previously. They were keeping the ball more. If you're not necessarily better, they weren't actually score, able to score goals. But no, well, um, I was going to say I mean, they had a lot more possession. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when they came to us, I mean, they were two 0 up, and we were mm. quite fortunate to get back in the game. So, you know, um, yeah, you know, <clears throat> I think uh, both teams were were uh, off form. Whether it was the sunshine or what, I don't know. <laughs> it was certainly hot on that pitch because we were standing it right was. on the side and it was pretty hot just standing there, let alone trying to run around in it. Indeed. So uh, did feel for the guys a little bit having to, mm. to play in that. So you see why we don't play football in the main part of the summer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, it could be good in the evenings. But well, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, just thinking about then on Monday, we uh, mm. had divisors come along because we had a bit of a disaster at divisors when it came to the league game. It was a 6-1 yes, defeat. I missed that one. Bad yes. day. You, you, yeah, you did. You missed you missed a lot of goals. So I'll say, I'll say <laughs> no more than that. Um, so a very different game, though, on Monday. Mm. Um, certainly more entertaining than on Friday, from footballing-wise, mm. from both teams. Yes. And I thought, you know, Warmster got off to a much better start as well. Um, towards the end, all the action happened, really, in the sort of um, last few seconds of, of the, the half, didn't it? 
the end of the it, day. It did, yeah. I mean, both. I think, yeah, as you say, Wolves started off a lot, a lot more brightly than they than they did uh, on Friday against Wells. And we were creating some good chances. Um, I don't remember really testing their goalkeeper, but um, but yeah, like, like you say, I mean, not not an awful lot happened, and then suddenly, you know, the last couple of minutes of the first half and. The flood, well, I'll say the floodgates open. You know, two, the only two goals scored in the game were scored within those two minutes. You know, so we we obviously yeah. went went ahead on I think sort of like 43, 44 minutes with um with uh, uh Harry Barnes taking a, a free kick and burying it right down in the bottom corner where the keeper excellent uh, free kick. We have to give Harry credit for that excellent free kick. Free the shame kick. it wasn't a winning goal because it was that quality, yes. quality yes. shot, really, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and then in in stoppage time, Devizes came down the other end. And I think it was their number three. I can't remember the player's name. It was, off the top it of was my number head. three, yeah. Yeah. Didn't um, look it up. I can't remember. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, just uh, the defence didn't deal with the ball down down the left hand side, and he was able to get a bit of space for himself and and lob Nathan Ball again. Another very good finish. It was a great finish. We were standing quite close to that. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the 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 sad part, from Mr. Point of View, was it was straight from the centre circle. You know, little tap straight over the over the to the halfway line. Number three ran onto it, got yeah. round Bagsy. Bagsy got his head on it, it just sort of tapped it back, which made him uh, be able to lob it when it fell, <laughs> yeah. fell back down. <laughs> um, and of course, it was. It was 1-1. But having said that, the second half, Warmester had some really good opportunities. And if it wasn't some good blocks and a save or two, mm. uh, I think we could have pulled off a win <clears throat> on, on oh, Monday. Yeah. yeah, we were certainly pushing for a final goal in the last few minutes there, definitely. We were, had a lot of possession in their half, sort of in and around the box. Um, and sadly, we just couldn't do anything with it. Like you say, they were they were you know doing a good job of getting their bodies in the way of some more long-range efforts. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, last last ditch defending, and it worked. It worked for them. It kept it mm-hmm. for a draw for Devizes. So I think they, you know, they earned the draw from that defending they did in the in the second yeah. half as well. So yeah. give them credit for that. Uh, of course, we achieved something very good as well on Monday. We've been running the social media campaign hashtag Make It Two Hundred mm-hmm. to try and get more than two hundred people through the gate for that game, and uh, we had two hundred and thirty seven. Which mm. uh, thank you for everyone that Smashed came along. It. Smashed it. Absolutely smashed it. Um, we've got one more game to go on Saturday when Chippenham Park comes. So we're not running the hashtag make it 200 this time, but please do come. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what I say. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's good. So we'll uh, we'll take a break then, Jamie. We'll be back with you shortly. And we'll uh, just have a quick review of the league table with just the one game for us to go. There's only I think there's one team got two games to go or two mm-hmm. teams got two games to go, I should say, because they've got to play each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll look through that and uh, have a little chat back very soon. As we mentioned with Jamie, we had a wonderful attendance on Easter Monday of 237 to watch Warmers to play against Devizes. That was really an incredible crowd and want to thank everyone who has responded to our Make It 200 campaign and have come along with their families. Good to see lots of families there and people making long trips as well. So I want to thank Paul Madras. You'll find him on Twitter as well. Look him up. But he came all the way from Kent along with his partner and that was an amazing trip. That's the second time Paul has made a good long trip along to Warmester Town uh, in response to one of our campaigns. So uh, he's going to be a regular 
regular attender now, as regular as you can be when you come all the way from Kent. So it is affecting many people seeing what we're doing at Warminster. Uh, we're getting more people come along to watch games. And of course, uh, they follow us on social media. And when they can, they, they do attend, as well as our regulars, not, never to be forgotten, who were there week in and week out. So your support is vital. Uh, a small club like Warminster Town relies on people coming through the gate, buying a programme, having a drink, buying some chips, whatever, all that kind of stuff. All that income actually feeds into the club and can help the club to grow and develop the facilities that it has. So thank you very much indeed for your support. We look forward to seeing you again along at Warminster Town. If you can only come occasionally, that's absolutely fine. Once a year, if that's as many times as someone can make the trip, that's marvellous. If you can come every game, brilliant. Whatever you can do is greatly appreciated. It's my pleasure now to introduce you to a gentleman who has a great love of football. He does come along occasionally to Warminster Town Football Club, but he loves to take photographs as well. So we're going to talk to him about his love of football and how to really get some good shots when you're using your camera at a football match. So I'd like to introduce you now to Mr. David Feast. So we should have David Feast on the line. How are you there, David? Hello there. Yes, I am, Roland. Hello. Good evening. Good evening to you too. And thank you very much for taking the time to, to join me on this podcast. I know you're a pretty busy guy at the moment. and We'll, uh -huh. we'll tell our listeners about that later on. Um, okay. But obviously... We'd like to keep this, first of all, to a football-related theme. Mm -hmm. So perhaps you'd like to tell our listeners a little bit about your football interests. My Right, OK, Ronin. My, my interests go back to 1978, when I was eight years old, and my dad took me down to Ashton Gate to see my first game, which was Bristol City, against my then team that I followed, which was Manchester United. Um, and then that obviously followed me in because I was just... a just like a normal eight you know year old boy who just loved his football my dad was fortunate enough to get tickets that day to go and see Manchester United he took me down there I fell in love with going to Ashton Gate to start with which which was which is a team that I still follow and then I come from Froome and I just automatically then started to go to watch Froome Town play from 1978 onwards so 40 years of football fan you could say that's good. I think that's how a lot of us start. You go somewhere yeah. and you get hooked, don't you? And uh, you keep going. So yeah, to definitely. Your, to your um, yeah, I mean, my dad took. I, he was quite lucky to take me down to Ashton Gate a fair few times when I couldn't go on my own when I was too young to go. So I've seen some good times and some very bad times down there, as well as you know, most sort of fans, you know, do tend to witness. But we're sort of following a team, and um, we're from yeah. town. I, I only literally lived about 10 minutes away from the ground, so I used to go there as much as I could. So, Excellent. Yeah. You've, been, you've been a Froome fan for a long time, as you just I've told I've been a Froome fan that. ever since, yeah. I've been to many, many games, many hundreds of games <laughs> at Froome Town, and um, I still follow to this day, you know, as and when I'm I talking can. about talking about ups and downs, there's a bit of a down at the moment over there. A bit of a downer at the moment. We just got relegated this season from the highest league I've ever been in. Um to be fair, they were just a little bit punching above their weight this season and um, they didn't have the squad there. And um, the cost of trying to run a team or like a club, even the size of Froome Town, is just astronomical. And to oh. attract players and not get a very good gate 
each week it's just a bit of a no-no really to be honest and it's just turned out to be a bad season so um yeah such is life as they say such is football <laughs> that's it yeah well sometimes promotion is a bit of a two-edged sword isn't it Teams yeah. go up yeah. and then it yeah. becomes a very different different beast yeah. to what they were used to being yeah. in and definitely i mean they, they've had a couple of good seasons in the sun should we say up in the premiership of the southern league but um when you think there's teams in that league that are going for a promotion like Taunton, Salisbury, Weymouth, they've all got massive, massive playing budgets and uh, and bigger attendances. I mean, through money you get 200 if they're lucky. And whereas I went to Salisbury on New Year's Day and they had 900 there. So, um, you know, you've got to do the simple mathematics on that one to see that they can afford to yeah. pay players more money. So, um, yeah. There and, we go. And rely, rely heavily on gate money as well in the lower league yeah, as def- opposed to your, your yeah. big... TV yeah. money and all the other stuff that goes on higher yeah. up. So uh, yeah. very different yeah. machine, isn't it? Yeah. Excellent. So yeah. what we would like to talk about as well, um, still football related, of course, but yeah. I first met you at Warminster Town Football Club snapping pictures with your with your yeah. camera there. So camera. Uh, it's a bit yeah. more than snapping pictures, I know. Uh, so we'd like to talk <laughs> a little bit about how you, how you got into taking photos at football matches and how often well, you do it, etc. Yeah. OK, well, it all started... Um, Oh, about 2015, I suppose. Um, my youngest daughter played girls football for Warminster Sky Blue. I imagine a few people in the town would know of that team. And um, I was asked by the coach if I wouldn't mind taking some pictures of the girls playing football. And because all the parents wanted to see some pictures of the games they were playing in. So it just stemmed from there, really. So um, uh, I sort of began to realise that it was harder to take a picture of moving subjects and it was still subjects, even girls playing football, which you know wasn't necessarily the fastest at the time, but even to get a good shot with the ball in is quite hard to do. So that's how it all started, really. Um, taking many pictures... Yeah, I've seen some of your pictures, David, and they are very good. And we actually use some. You kind of let me use yeah, some on the yeah. Um, yeah. on the blog, etc. In the past yeah. as well. Yeah, and I did, yeah, did, if, not, did I... one get on the program as well? One of yours? Yeah, I've, I've had, had a couple of program covers. Yeah, because I know the guy that does the program printing, Andy Meaden of A and M Print, Trowbridge. Yeah, because I used to give him right. a lot of pictures at Froome Tanks. He he used to print, you know, their programs. So, yeah, I mean. I do as much as I can, and um, it all stemmed really from, from going to see girls football with my youngest daughter, who used to play. Well, there so, you go. and you've you've learned a few things along the way. So, perhaps you'd like to share a few. T- I know a lot of people like to take the camera, but mostly to the day, I suppose it's the mobile phone, yeah. isn't it? It's the is the camera yeah. for most people. But yeah. uh, any tips you've got on on getting a good shot? The only tips I can offer is you you can obviously with you know the photography we've got now. It, you know, you can take as many pictures as you possibly can if you've got a memory card in your camera because never be too frightened to take too many pictures because you can take half a dozen shots in this in there just a load of rubbish, to be honest, and you get that one picture where you can get the emotions of people. You can get the most importantly, try and get the ball in the picture and to get some sort of emotion from faces or an aggression even from faces you know some passion coming through in a photograph um it's hard because most of the time especially in the winter months you you can get a real gray horrible afternoon wet drizzly low light conditions if you like 
Mm. And it's extremely hard to use the camera settings to their full potential when, when the you know, weather is like that because you just cannot get a very sharp picture unless, of course, you've got about 10,000 pounds worth of camera kit on you, which I don't... I was going to say, some some of those lenses you see on the guys sitting around oh. the edges of these big football matches, they're probably the, worth twice as my, oh, my car, just, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a camera that I paid £250 for about eight or nine years ago. And I've all got, and I've just got second-hand camera lenses, and I just can only dream to have the right kit to take sort of spot-on photographs. So mm. it's all about just using the kit you've got and just making the most of what you've got, really. And um, yeah, so it's, I, th- I think you hit a good point as well about taking lots of photos because yeah, uh, professional for, photographers never show you their throwaways, do they? Of course they don't. No, I mean, I, I mean, you can take some brilliant pictures, and um, it, but. And you don't know you've even done it half the time because if you use a, you know, if you, you can just click and click and click, and you can take say five or six pictures in just a couple seconds, you can just get that one picture where it just is spot on. But um, yeah, yeah, ninety nine percent just go from oh god, not another one. It's just you know <laughs> a blurry mess basically. So um, it's it's just well, it's it, obviously the nature of the fact is people are running around. You one, you've got to keep up with the speed of this that they're moving at. And, mm. and getting the focus as well, because obviously, yeah. you know, the distance, how far away they are, yeah. and movement, and it's, yeah, it's quite I mean, a lot to do. But, you know, you can get yeah. it right. Some will be right, won't they? Yeah, I mean, you just you just need to get it. I mean, it becomes of experience. I mean, you, you know, like you say, you go to many games, like I have been going to many games, and um, you you it's all about, and then also like another thing that comes into it is anticipation. You can sometimes, I mean, you know, if you know you're a big football fan anyway, you can sort of almost read what might or could happen. If you get a long ball or a ball that's being crossed, you you anticipate players are going to jump, which is always a good shot to try and get with people behind attacking a ball. Or if you see a good sliding tackle, it might happen to try and get getting into a sliding tackle. And actually getting their foot on the ball, shall we say? Um, you can use it for all sorts of things. And it's, mm. so again, anticipation is another one, and that comes. I, I mean, like a lot of people could anticipate what's going to happen at a football game because you know we're all experienced at going to football yes. and actually going to watch it. You know, so yeah. Then you can just it, about see something's going to happen. You just point the camera in that direction at that moment, and yeah, you're ready. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I will say on the downside is sometimes you do miss parts of the game because you're trying too hard to get a good shot. And you actually miss what might be going on, say, off like off the ball, you know, like a bit of an argy bargy incident, should we say, or a little bit yeah. of a, <laughs> yeah. something else yeah. going on. And um, you can yeah. sometimes miss something by trying to focus on what you're trying to do to get to, to anticipate what might happen. And sometimes, as we all know in football, that what you anticipate is going to happen isn't going to happen. And, and you get a straight red card or <laughs> a... F- yeah. Yards, it happens. You know, it's just yeah. Never oh, quite get it right, but um. Well, you just got to keep going, I suppose, haven't you? But say, I think yeah. to anybody who wants to take photographs is is firstly just if you just got your your phone with you, have a crack at with the phone. Just have um, a crack at the phone and um. Yeah. And then invest always, a bit more into a camera later on as you get yeah, you know just, a bit more comfortable. Yeah, get, with a nice, it. Yeah, get a nice long zoom lens because you're never going to get a very because obviously you're going to be shooting across a pitch most of the time, so you need. Yeah some sort of a zoom lens to get any any good i mean like you say when you see the professional 
sports photographers they've they've got lenses that can pick up some it, it would seem from half a mile away aren't they you know they've got such long oh, lenses amazing yeah Need a tripod, and of course, some of the mobile phones up. now are getting better at that as well which is, yeah, which is quite good i think yeah there's one just come out that's got a 50 times zoom on it and it's amazing i've seen the footage of well, sometimes you see when you do zoom you know, you know, when you do, you know, put on, put your camera on to full zoom, the problem you do get in every term is you get shake, which is the camera moving, the actual lens is moving, yes. so it blurs yes. the shot. So, mm. again, you're, you're, you know, see the professional photographers low to the ground on, on uh, those little seats that they use, mm. got like a little monopod that sits in the ground, so it keeps that lens steady because you're never yes. going to hold your camera still no. to get us yeah. get a spot on picture on a 600 mil zoom lens say you know it's never going to happen too heavy mm. but no, again right. so it's yeah. you know it's just all about using i mean i tend to try to lean on something when i take a picture because you've got to make yeah. the most of what you've got you know so um, yeah Oh, good stuff. All good tips. Excellent. So uh, obviously we look forward to uh, seeing more of your, your photographs yeah. as well. I know, I know from time to time you, you'll be at Warminster as well. So we'll get some oh, shots. Definitely. For, uh, I mean, I, come, I do come up as much as I can because I've seen you up there for a few times this season. And um, I'm extremely pleased with how they've been going this season. It's been a really good season and um, can only commend the whole club really to a really good season. And um, It has. It has. You know, it's so that's really good. good. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, we also like to um, give you an opportunity because I know you've been very busy recently because you've been really putting in some miles training for a big charity yeah. walk that you're, yeah. you're about to undertake. So yeah. perhaps you'd like to tell us what that walk is, what it's in aid of and yeah. okay. how people perhaps help you out on that. OK, right. Well, I'm walking around the Isle of Wight um, next weekend on the bank holiday weekend, um, doing a, con a continuous walk from Mind, the mental health charity. I've done walks like this before for Mind and other charities, but this one is 66 miles or 106 kilometres, non-stop around the Isle of Wight with no sleep. Obviously, you get fed and you get rest stops, but there's no sleep involved. This is a straight walk. So you're walking through the night. I anticipate doing it in about 30 hours and I'm doing it for Mind and... I got a just given link, which is in my name. Um, again, uh, if, if you'd be kind enough to put a link of something into this podcast, which is a just given link, that's probably the best thing to say, really. But um, right, well, yeah, we'll get it onto our Twitter page and everything else like that, certainly, so that uh, anybody would like to sponsor you and help. It. It's a good charity, really? so that would be yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, um, I'm, I won't pity you staying awake all night doing it though. But <laughs> <laughs> I did it, yeah. I mean, I did oh, one last boy. year. It was tough going. It was tough going because I, I did a coast walk last year. I went last summer. I walked from Paul Harbour along the Jurassic Coast to West Bay. I imagine quite a few people are very familiar with that coastline. So I walked around mm. Lulworth Cove, Dirtle Door, down into Weymouth, and along Chesil Beach to West Bay, which was no mean feat when your feet are tired. Mm. Um, that was that was another hundred and uh, like a hundred k walk I did last year from Mind, and I did that in twenty nine hours. So right. I hope to see this one a little bit quicker from my gym work this winter. So we'll see what goes on. So, it's a long time since I've been to the Isle of Wight, but I'm just thinking you you're doing it as a kind of coastal walk all round. Yeah, it, coastal walk. So you're starting off on the south of the island, so you're facing France if you like, and then we're then we're going to walk in a clockwise direction basically. You can't walk on the entire coastline because, like so many coastlines, it's all getting eroded and dangerous to walk mm. on. Mm. They do tend to want to put you on, on as much coastal path as possible. So, um, 
yeah, we we'll see what goes happen. We we'll see what happens next next and weekend. A few, few ups and downs, few hills and valleys to get up and down, and a few highs yeah. and lows with the emotions. I can tell you that much. So um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I hope, hope it goes it, well. It will David. be worthwhile. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, thank and, you. Uh, you know, thanks for sharing some tips and your story about uh, okay. your football and photography. That's absolutely great. And say, we'll put a link on for anybody who'd like to to donate towards Mind and Your Walks on the Just Giving uh, page. So we'll, we'll get that off you and put yeah. that onto Twitter and Facebook and etc. Yeah. And uh, we look for look forward to seeing you at Warminster Town fairly soon. Yeah, definitely, definitely will be. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you very much. All right, my pleasure. You take care, and we'll speak soon. Okay, Ronan, thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye. Well, that was good to hear from David and uh, certainly want to thank him again for taking part in our podcast. We'd just like to talk now a little bit more about social media and uh, YouTube. So stay tuned. You may well be aware that we've had issues with YouTube. Um, we have been broadcasting both home and away matches live on YouTube but YouTube has come down on us and said you must have 1,000 subscribers to go live using mobile technology. We can do it from a desktop, but that's not very practical at a football ground. So we really do need to reach our target of 1,000 followers. We appreciate everybody that's subscribed so far. Um, it doesn't cost anything. It just only takes a click and just to log in with an email address and you are away. If you've already got a Google account, you've already got a YouTube login. It's the same as your Gmail and all the other Google facilities that you might use. So please take the time to tell others about this. Use your social media accounts to tweet it out, Facebook it, etc, etc, to let people know that we are looking for subscribers. A lot of people are helping us, but it's going to be a slow process. We will soon reach the 200 mark, I'm sure, but we've got to climb up to 1,000. We were about 123 thereabouts when the ban came in. So we're doing well. We were moving up, but we'd like to move up certainly before the start of the new season so we can go directly out live on YouTube with the first game. And that would be fantastic if we can. So thank you very much for your support. We certainly appreciate everything you do. And uh, if you can help us out with this as well, it will be absolutely wonderful. Well, we're back now with Jamie. So, uh, Jamie, let's just have a look at how the league table is looking. Quick summary for us, please, if you would. Absolutely. We have Kingsham Town at the top of the league. They're, uh, I think, well, I think they are actually promoted now. I don't think they can be. They caught. are champions. They are they champions. Are champions. Yes. Um, yes. On ninety yeah. points. Ninety points. Um, Cheddar um, obviously had their the slightly uh, poorer run towards the end of the season for whatever reason, um, and they've uh, they're going to easily finish second on eighty four. Then uh, Corsham Longwell, Ashton and Backwell finish off the top five. Um, Charter just above us in sixth, and we are in seventh after uh, our three draws on the trot, which is a uh, something you don't say every day. <laughs> no, for, for anybody it's our level. The table, no, I was yeah. say, especially yeah. no. There we go. Um, and then Carlton are just behind us, three points behind us. Uh, then Welton and Well City finish off the top ten, and then Bristol Telephones are still propping up the table at the bottom with Chippenham Park, Oldland. Uh, Bishop Sutton, Portishead, Radstock Town, Wincanton, Sherborne, Bishop's Lydiard, and then Devizes finishing off the bottom 10. Mm. 
Excellent. So, yeah, so the, the league table has been decided from the point of view of promotion because obviously yeah. that is Canesham and Cheddar. So that's, uh, I, I tipped Canesham at the beginning, uh, having seen them last season. I thought they would carry on. They had a bit of a you know, slow start, to say the least. A little bit false, mm. but uh, they, did, they did turn it around in the end. If they'd have started off as they finished, they would have been well over 100 points. Yeah, they've been uh, well clear. <laughs> well out of sight, but they've still got a game to go, so they could hit 93. Cheddar could potentially hit 87 there, couldn't they? Uh, Bristol Telephones, they're out of touch now. That's... Yeah, that's, that's uh, going to be over, I'm afraid. Uh, we don't yeah. know quite what's going to happen to them, whether they'll go down or quite what yeah. will happen. And then the old Nabitonians and Chippenham Park. Uh, Chippenham Park, we play next week, so they'll be desperate to try and do something because they're on 31, having yep. played 36 games. That's the team that hasn't played the other game yet, along with Calm Town. Mm. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one because above them is old Nabitonians on 32. So... They, those two there have got to kind of battle that out, really, at the end of the day. Uh, Bishop Sutton on 36, they're just probably safe, but they're probably safe now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd have thought so. So we're going to get one of those three at the bottom there, I think, added to Bristol. Well, mm. uh, either Chip and Marold and added to Bristol Telephones. And yeah, I think it's two that goes down, isn't it? Two yeah. goes down, yeah. So, uh, And I think this season, obviously, they'd probably be very difficult for anyone to escape if you are in the bottom two. So, mm. That's how the table looks. So, so we have got uh, Chippenham Park, as I mentioned, so uh, on Saturday. So that should be a good game because Chippenham Park will be fighting for a win, definitely. Yes. Yeah, they will definitely be uh, scrounging for their final few points to ensure their safety. If they we'll can. just be going for the glory of just finishing yeah. a little bit higher if we possibly can. Depends on the child above us, but uh, yeah. it will yes. be, ni- be nice to finish on a high, get another win and it have a good would. record yes. for the end of the season. Won't it? Right. So we are going to be there, Jamie. You're all set for Saturday. I am. Excellent. I look forward to uh, seeing you there. And uh, then our final sort of review of the season will be next week for our mm. podcast. We'll have to think of something to talk about during the out-of-season period. So we'll work <laughs> yeah. on that. Okay, mate. Thanks for joining me. Take care. Yes, no worries. Thank you for listening to the Warmester Town Football Club Supporter Podcast. It's great that you've been here and I do hope that you will subscribe to this podcast. And I look forward to speaking to you again in the future.